Welcome, listeners, to another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. I'm your host, Chuck Peters, and I'm excited again to be recording this episode live at the Etch Family Ministry Conference in October in Nashville with LifeWay Kids and LifeWay Students and a whole bunch of thought leaders in kids and student ministry. One of those thought leaders is a gentleman who is sitting here next to me named Mitch Royer. Hey, Chuck. Hey, how Mitch? are you? Man, yeah, it's I'm so good. good to be how back. are you? It's great. It's, it's great, great to have you here for the event. Yeah. Um, you've been helping out our team with a bunch of different things, but man, we're also thrilled to have you leading a breakout session here yes. at the conference yes. and talking with people about winning through events. Yes, it's so good to be back. And, you know, I feel like events are the lifeblood of what we do as an organization. Now, some people feel like events can be gimmicky, a waste of money. They can be. Yes, but I feel like if you do it the right way, creative planning, execution, you can really enhance your children's ministry and your church. And, and it really, can be really effective as an yes, outreach and yes. as a growth strategy. Yeah. And just for fun, right? I 100% agree. It's okay to have, what I want to tell everybody out there is okay to have fun for the sake of fun. But we're going to talk about three things that make an event good and what, what you can do to really focus your energy, get the budget you want, get the money approved that you need to from your bosses, and be able to have an awesome event. And we are going to talk about that. Yes. But first. Oh, boy. But first. <laughs> first, I, I, want, I need to introduce you oh, okay. to those of our listeners who don't know you guys. So, listeners, Mitch uh, Royer has worked at some of the largest and fastest growing churches in America. Uh, he has two passions that I would tend to say. He, one yeah. is for the local church, yeah. and the other is he wants to break the Guinness Book of World Records uh, record for the largest Easter egg hunt. That is true. We'll, we'll get to that. Yes. That's, a, that's yeah. a passion that, is that true. not I'm everyone has. That is true. to do it. So largest <laughs> Easter egg hunt, Guinness Book of World Records. Hopefully he can do it. Yeah. He is the kids pastor at Life Austin in Austin, Texas, and he's been working to reach kids for a lot of years. Yes. Reach kids for Jesus. Yes, 12 years now I've been in children's ministry and loving every second of it and thankful for you, Chuck, and what Lifeway Kids and has meant to my ministry over the over the course of the years. So, Well, listen, yeah. we, there's something new that we like to do on the podcast. Oh, okay. I'm not sure that you know this yet. I don't. So there's this thing that we call Little You. Oh, boy. You know, since we talk about kids, <laughs> we're in kids' ministry. We were yeah. all kids once. Yes. yes. Uh, it's just kind of fun for the listeners yeah. to get to know a little bit about Little Mitch. Yeah. So, so when you were a kid, first of all, how many siblings did you have and where do you fall in the line? Okay, I am the youngest and I had one. But my brother is... Does that make you an only child? No, basically. Oh, no, no. The youngest of yeah, one. Yeah, the youngest of That's one. It. Sorry. The youngest so of one. So there's two of you, you two and your brother, brother, and you're younger. I, I, how did I mess this no, up no, already, you didn't. I'm just, you know. <laughs> so uh, I have an older brother and he is super smart. So actually, it seemed like I was an only child because he... he excelled through school mm-hmm. and so he went to college by the time he was 15 what yeah and he's a doctor today and so like does he have a guinness record he does not okay. and that is you i mean everyone in my family has him. doctorates and i'm like you know what i don't want any of that i want this guinness book of world records that's what i want all right so you have an older brother yes i have an older brother a few years older than you two years only okay. two years but he i mean he's he went four years ahead of me in school and was able to graduate college before I was able to graduate high school. That's just how amazing it was. So, yeah, just an interesting world I live in. All right, so as a kid, like under 10, did you have like a prized possession of any kind? Yes. Okay, what was it? So I had a, uh, my parents, I I guess, trusted me. I had a Swiss Army knife. Whoa. Yes. And I got it really young. It's like the Red Rider BB gun. Yes, it was. You put your eye out. Except mine was the exact... Swiss Army knife that MacGyver had oh, in nice. the opening 
credits of MacGyver. I was a huge MacGyver fan. And so I had that. I still have it today. It is the most non-functioning, like the blades are all chipped, but I still have it in my car. I still use it on a daily basis because it means so much to me. I've had it for since I was about seven or eight years old. Wow. Yeah. Wow, and you didn't lose it after all these years. I know. My brother had the exact same one. He lost his and tried to act like mine was his. Uh, so yeah. that tells us where our relationship's at with there that. So, But I, I proved that it was mine, and uh, I still have it. Now, did you ever do anything with that knife that got you in trouble? Um, I've closed it on my fingers a couple times, but I didn't get so in trouble for that. I hurt See, myself okay, so many times. When I was a kid, maybe third grade, yeah. My mom got me this awesome bedspread, uh-huh. and it had race cars and stuff on it. I love race cars. <laughs> and I don't know what I was thinking, but some, one day I got this, these scissors, yeah. and I cut out the race, oh one of the race cars from the bed. That did not go over well. As a third grader? Yeah. Chuck, that seems like something. Good scissoring skills. It seems like something you should have known by then, I guess. Well, you know, maybe. I don't want to judge that. But it was... I just thought those cars would have looked cool other places. <laughs> so you never did anything like that with your knife. You're no, pretty good, no. pretty responsible. A lot of whittling. Um, I was always about good. knife safety. Uh, we love to go outdoors and do a lot of fun stuff. Uh, we we used to have a. We were like one of the first to have a video camera too. So mm, yeah. we had before it was like on your phone you could do whole videos. We would we would do these like survival before Dual Survivor and Bear Grylls. We used to do survival TV shows because we were really bored kids. And we'd go out back in the woods, we'd have our knives, and I would muddy up my face, and we would do survival TV shows. And if anybody nice. can find a video of that still, it would probably be worth some money. I mean, it is just legendary type is stuff. Is it floating out there on YouTube anywhere? It probably or, is. I, I would say, know. you know, I'm probably a semi-celebrity there out at YouTube's. So. All right, so now that we have the inside scoop <laughs> on you, you've been vulnerable. Yes. Now let's go to let's get to the meat here. So yes. winning through events. Yeah. Events are one of those things yeah. that are kind of a part of our calendars yes. for a lot of us. right? We're in that week-in, week-out stuff. Uh-huh. You've got the events that are like Easter and yeah. Christmas and maybe VBS or camp. Yeah. But you're talking about events beyond the yeah. ordinary events. Is that right? Yeah, every week, we don't realize it, but our Sunday mornings are the biggest event of the year, biggest event of the week. It's so essential that we put all of our energy and time into making sure they're the best and most effective types of events Sunday morning mm-hmm. as possible. Now, I am talking about harvest festivals, fall festivals, whatever you want to call it, yeah. um, but also just making the Sunday morning effective. And it all comes down to uh, what Jesus taught us in the parable of the lost sheep. When I was, uh, when my son was about 18 months old, um, they were playing upstairs with my five-year-old, and I was getting dinner ready. We with were your getting, knife? With my, no, no. <laughs> with no my knives. Sasari knife. No, no too knives. Too young for that. Too, too young. Even though I think I had a knife by the time I was my daughter's age. Anyway, we, uh, I was getting dinner ready because my wife is a nurse, and she works Friday or Saturday, usually. And this was a Saturday, and I was getting dinner ready. We had friends coming over. And I called my kids, hey, it's time to eat. Fiona, my daughter, five-year-old, comes down. Um, I go, where's your brother? She goes, oh, he's upstairs playing, this 18-month-old. So I go upstairs, look for him, call his name, look at every area, every room, not there. Go downstairs, I look outside, look in the garage, nowhere to be seen. At this point, I'm kind of panicking. And I go upstairs again. I run around the rooms, I run around the areas, then I come back downstairs, do the same thing. And at this point, I see the front door, the deadbolt's unlocked. And the deadbolt's never unlocked when I'm home. I always lock it. It's just a creature habit. So I bust through that door, start yelling for his forum. Nowhere. I look to the side of the house by the fence. Nowhere. Look to the side by the trees. Nowhere. I'm in the middle of the road at this point, and nowhere. And at this point, I'm almost in tears. Like, your, your adrenaline's pumping. Your heart's pounding. My son is nowhere. 
And for some reason, I look down to my left and I see a man and he goes, did you lose a boy? Which is the weirdest question to ask yeah. somebody screaming a random kid's name. And he says, we have him. He's at our house, four houses down. And so I just immediately sprint down and about halfway there, I see him. And he sees me and he runs to me and I pick him up and I just start crying. Because if you're a parent out there, it's just oh, what you do. It was, yeah. it was horrible. What was minutes seemed like hours. And I, I, I'm holding it on crying and I hear God speak to my heart. He says, I panic too. And what he's talking about is that lost sheep. Hmm. He talks about the hundred sheep that he has, the shepherd, and one's lost and he goes searching for him. He leaves everybody. And I felt like at that moment how important and critical that one lost child is. That one lost soul that normally wouldn't go to church anytime. Mm. But because you have a free event with maybe a Ferris wheel or an Easter egg hunt with a giant Easter bunny or break a record, that's the only time they're ever going to hear the gospel. And that's that moment. That's that moment that God's talking about. That one lost sheep that he goes searching for. That's events to me. Yes. And that's what I want events to be in children's ministry. And so events can be a lot of different things. It can be a Sunday morning. It can be an Easter egg hunt. Of course, the flow and cycle of our year is different. The flow and cycle of our year goes with holidays. Yes. Easter is always a big holiday. Christmas is always a big holiday. First of the year has become a big holiday, a big pump for uh, New Year's resolutions, new people yes. coming to church. Fall. Fall is always huge for churches. So what do we do during those times to really maximize who's coming and how we keep track of those things? So that's what I like to focus on, winning through events. The first thing is always... Uh, shared experience. Mm -hmm. Do we take the time to make sure our leaders, our volunteers, our regular parents are enjoying this together? When I started at Life Austin, the first thing they asked me is, how are you going to build a team? How are yeah. you going to cohesively go together? And I said, well, I'll, let's plan our first event because that is the best time to get a shared experience with our team, where we have a win together, where we see something come together and there's credibility with our team and 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 logistically it works yeah. and everybody's excited and then you can use that momentum to move to the next thing. Well, events can be a great way to onboard new people. Oh, 100%. Right? It's really easy to, re to, it may be hard to recruit somebody to yeah. teach a weekly class yes. for the whole year, but to say, hey, would you come to our hoedown or to our whatever yes. that thing is, right? Exactly. And and help that man is this game or do this thing or pray with people. You can yeah. find uh, helpers who get enthusiastic because the event is a rally. Yeah, it's just a foot in the door to allow them to serve more. And maybe they're just the event people. Yes. Every time you have an event, I call them to run a bounce house. Every yeah. time I have an yeah. event, or hey, we have a special Sunday, I need more people on Easter. You already have a background check. Why don't you come there you and be go. a part of it? Because volunteering in children, yes. Mm -hmm. Volunteering in children's has changed so much. And we have to be flexible with people's schedules in the time frame that they're a part of it. So don't be afraid to do those things. So I think that's a really good point. All right, so you're saying events are, it's worth it. Yes. Because events take energy. It's mission critical. Right? It's, it's, yeah. It takes a lot of yes. energy, yes. even extra energy to do yes. these big events. Yes. But you're saying it's worth it to reach that lost yes. person, yes. to reach the community who may not otherwise come yep. to the church. 100%. It helps grow and build your team. Yep. Okay. What, and then the second what thing else? Is, Why else do we do these? Well, of course, for the lost. That's yeah. why I'd share that story about my son. Because the lost, the, the mission critical lost people are what we're really looking for. Now, you have to define in that 
when you start planning an event, what you want that win to be. It could be both. It could be shared experience and we're helping uh, new visitors, people that normally wouldn't be here, come and be a part of it. A community, a real community outreach is so essential to bringing people in from the outside that normally wouldn't see a church as an opportunity to have fun and be a part mm -hmm. of it. So uh, that's a huge piece. Now, the, what we do with that, what we do with those visitors is up to us. Yeah. So make it easy on yourself. So what do you do at that event that's to bring those visitors back? Because they you, may come from the Mount's House to, or the yes. Easter Bunny. You have to you get them back? hook them in. You have to say, listen, next Sunday, we're having this event. We're having another event. So last, uh, last month, I had a fall festival. It's a required annual fun event, and it was huge. We had over 5,000 people show up to this free event. People from all over Austin came to this event. Okay, and so that doesn't happen the first time you run that event. Correct. Right? This has been building over years. So there's something else there for these listeners, right? Yes. Is, is It takes time to build and grow. Yes, and the first Get time maybe a couple hundred, and that's okay. The yeah. second time maybe hopefully a thousand. It's up to you and how you run that event. But those visitors that came through, I wanted to, I wanted to collect all that data. Yes. I wanted to be able to see how many new people came for what reason. Where am I spending my money the right way? Facebook, a mailer. You're talking about promoting, advertising. Yeah. Where am I spending yeah. that money? And that all data comes to me. And then I determine how do I know what's a real win for my community and for my church is they come to church, yeah. right? So from there I see, hey, I have over 5,000 people. I have a mini event, as I like to call it. The next day I have a pirate day. And some people, you know, whether you like pirates or don't, I don't love pirates. Kids love it. So I got every possible pirate bounce house to put on the front lawn the next day. Very easy. Cost a little bit of money, but a good event. Pirate day, come get an eye patch, enjoy some bounce houses. And because of that, because of the hook of the over 5,000 people that showed up, 55 new kids showed up for my Sunday service that normally would not have showed up. Wow. So... Anytime I'm talking about an event, I say, I'm going to get everybody's information on top of that. I'm going to invite them to something fun so that we can see what that really looks like to see 55 new kids come to our church to hear the gospel. Yeah. So how are you getting their information at that event? So great, great Because a lot question. of times we think, hey, it is, it's, it's it is just another open. Step. We don't want to pressure yes. anybody. It's another step. Here's the thing. This is what got me. When my, we went to the Gap. My wife and I went to Gap, and she was buying jeans she gets jeans there and we're at the checkout and the lady goes what's your email address she didn't ask can i have your email address she didn't ask hey could i put you on this list to email you whatever i want she said what's your email address and my wife immediately gave her her personal email address then she goes hey what's your phone number pops in her new phone number the we give our information out to everybody but we're afraid to give it out to churches. So I've just, I've just taken well, the mask off. Well, a lot of us off. are afraid to ask. Yes. Right. And that's the issue. And that's the issue. So I make it very easy. Register online at Eventbrite because you can do a free event and they collect that data. They get a ticket. Do I accept the tickets? Do I really need the tickets? No. But I, they pre-register online. It's just an automatic thing we do. Mm. Hey, space is limited. Let's go on to Eventbrite. And how far in advance are you doing that? I'm doing that. Does, does that help you yes. like plan for the event? Yes, how many so eye patches good. do we need? Chuck, or how many? you are good right? at this. But it sounds know. like you've done an event or two. I'm just going two. with you. Basically, what I did was it showed me how many things I need for the, for the event. Yeah. So at this fall festival, I had over 5,000 people. Leading up to the event, I had over 3,000 people pre-registered wow. for a free event. Yeah. That just doesn't happen. Yeah. Because most people put it together. It's free. I don't really need a ticket. But they did that because of out of respect for the free event. They come and put all their information. At 3,000 people pre-registered, 
I was super concerned that I didn't have enough stuff. So I called <laughs> no, a bounce house guy and I said, hey, I need six bounce houses today. He said, sure, no problem. Bring six more bounce houses. And if I hadn't have done that, if I hadn't had people pre-registered, I would have been ill-prepared. You'd have a line 50 people long and it everybody would, would be dissatisfied, right? Yes, yeah. because that's a huge piece. If you're going to spend a lot of money and put a lot of time into something, we want people's first impression of our church to be a good one. Yes. So planning, preparing, and being a part of that is huge. Okay, so we need that shared experience. We want to bring visitors yes. back. We need to define that win how do, how do you define the win yeah it, it's based on it's uh, completely based on for me how many people do I want to see because then I can budget for that I can determine how many new people I want to see come to my church the next Sunday mm. and be a part of it all those are based on a number so I say you know what I want 3,000 kids to show up to this fall festival this year then I can work backwards I can figure out well if I'm gonna do that I'm gonna need to reach this many homes I'm gonna need to spend this much money on a Facebook ad and so my idea of a defining a win is based on my team I say hey guys what do you want to do this year what do you want to accomplish this year and we determine that together and say is it a shared experience is it we want to bring more volunteers to be a part of our team sometimes yes that is but my budget's going to be a lot less right if i'm saying hey i want visitors to come and be a part of it how can we be strategic about reaching people that don't normally come to our church it's not going to be the email list that we have for our church so there's got to be a different strategic way to do it so yeah. Uh, and a lot of the times I make it easy. I say, you know, this year I want 3,000 people to show up. So how are we going to do that? Yeah. I'm, I'm determined that probably 1,000 of those people are going to be first-timers because of the size of your church. But you have to make it scalable mm. completely based on what you can handle, how you can do it. Because if you go gangbusters, spend all this money on marketing, but you don't have the rides, you don't have the facility, you don't have the opportunity, you don't have the people, right. people are going to come in and go, what a waste of time. Mm. I know yeah, as kids, to be a bad throwing kids in my car and, and slinging them over to a, a free event and it's not worth my time, I get more upset than anything. So um, let, talk to me about two things yes. here. The, the scale. Yeah. How, does it does it need to be a big event? Yes. Now you put on some pretty big events, five thousand people. Yes. Not every listener out there has a church that size yeah. or a community that would that would bring. Them. However, how important is it that how big it is? Yeah. Do I need to have ninety bounce houses and one hundred and seventy <laughs> you know, steel walkers and chainsaws, ice sculptures? Yeah. Do, what do you, what are the the components? Yes. That make a good event, regardless of size. So this is what we'll talk about in our breakout too, um, and I'm glad you asked that because it doesn't have to be over 5,000 people showing up to be a success. Right. I feel like it is so, that's why I started with the idea of Sunday mornings. Yes. Sunday mornings are the biggest event we're gonna have all week. Sometimes all year, Easter Sunday's our Super Bowl. Yeah. So what are we doing during those times to really spend our energy and efforts, and whether it's a little bit of money or a lot of bit of money? And a lot of people were, were here probably listening to this aren't even full-time like I am. I have right. the luxury of being yes. a full-time employee at my church. It gives me an opportunity mm. to, to dream up these huge events that I like to sure, pull off. time on that. But yeah. anybody that's listening that's a volunteer, a part-time leader especially, you can do a lot of things to enhance your Sunday morning event to make it more fun and not spend very much money at all and not have to buy 90 bounce houses and be a part of it and still make it be an awesome outreach that reaches kids for Jesus because that's our ultimate goal is the gospel. It's mission critical. It's that one lost sheep. Mm -hmm. Jesus did it talk about the shepherd that left the one and went after the 99. So scalability and large compared to small really doesn't matter to, to Jesus. We're, we're talking about that one lost sheep. We're talking about mission critical people. So if it's one child, if it's a thousand kids, it's all for the kingdom. And that's the most important part. So, but do something special. Yes. That's something that I'm hearing you say. Yes. You need to get out of your ordinary cycle and expecting that people will just walk yes. in the door. Yes. Do something special 
outside yeah. or in a way that brings in people yeah. from the outside. 100%. So what we experience... And then engage with them so they'll come back. Yes. So it is reach, it is bring, it yes. is engage. I mean, we can make this t-shirt for this. Basically, what it is, Chuck, is um, you can do a lot of things on a Sunday morning. Life Austin experienced this last fall in children's ministry. We were plateauing. Mm. Our children's ministry was not growing. Uh, hopefully my bosses aren't listening to this, but I was looking at the numbers and I was saying, we have not grown year over year and our fall is our big year, but we did not grow any. So I said, I got to do something, but I was a little confused as to what should I do? So Sunday mornings became my main focus. Mm. What is going to get these kids excited about coming to church? So I started with something that I would want as a kid. I come to church at nine o'clock in the morning. I'm going to want some cereal that's sugary. And so I went out and I bought awesome cereal dispensers and I put them out and I bought the best, coolest cereal that they don't have at home, like Cookie Crisp and uh, Fruity Pebbles and all the ones that you like as a kid and Lucky Charms. Yeah. And you put them in this thing and you give bowls and you put milk out and you say, have some cereal first part of uh, this month. And every month from that point forward, because it was such a huge success, first Sunday of the month, we have our cereal bar. And man, well, that's also making it easy for mom and dad 100%. to have a breakfast there. Because so a lot of kids, they're, they're not going to have to church. Sunday morning, it's crazy just getting out of the house. Kids aren't eating anything. And they're so hungry and, so and they're so grumpy. And they cereal. probably had an argument on Fantastic the way to church. Idea. And so what that allows them to do is look forward to something at the first of the month. And then that sets me up for the rest of the month to say, hey, this is what's going on. Uh, next week and the week after that and the week after that and it's a small price to pay huh. for something that is such an impact to kids I have seen no joke 15% increase in my Sunday attendance since I started cereal day wow. now that could be because I'm just so awesome but I'm thinking it's because I gave them the best of the best cereals for free well, and it's something unique and different yes. and creative yes and memorable and something you'd look forward to as a kid yeah so okay we want that shared experience. We want to bring visitors back. We've defined our win. It's getting new people there, and it's yeah. connecting them so that they filter into our regular yeah. church system where they're going to hear the gospel. Yeah. We said it doesn't matter how big your event is. How, how frequently would you suggest that people do events? Is this a once-a-year yeah, thing? It really depends on your your uh, ca uh, capacity. It really depends on, like, I, I have the luxury of having a church that's very event-driven. Yes. So they want us to do big so it's events. it's part of your culture. Yes, it's a part of our culture, and you have to determine what your culture is. Now, a church that I was at before, a very big church, never really did events. And so I brought in that culture. It yeah. took time. It made, it, they were worried that, oh, we're spending a lot of money on one event. What does that look like? And so I had to show them how to do it, yeah. like how to do it well and how to make it effective and how to enjoy yourself because yes. that's another big thing. Like you could do an event and everybody hates you. Right. And, and uh, everybody's and like, why in the world exhausting. did we do that? It yeah. feels like some of the camps have pulled off in the past. They say that we're like, well, good luck next year. Cause I'm not going to be here. And we don't want that. That's not a win for us. So it depends on their capacity. I say low hanging fruit Easter Sunday. Yeah. That is the lowest hanging fruit you will ever get because okay. people come. Yeah. So yeah. we're, we're, we're our, we, our time is drawing short, yes. so we're going to oh, have to Chuck. put a bow on this thing. Yes. But you mentioned Easter Sunday, yeah, and and that, that that makes me think of something like I don't know the world's largest Easter egg hunt. Oh man! So let's you talk just a little bit, and in this context, tell <laughs> us just a little bit about your yeah. vision for yeah. this thing and why. Why would you yeah. want to do that? I've done I've done a twelve Easter egg hunts in my career, and each one of them are different in capacity. Each one of them have success and failures, and a lot of them are. Are horrible failures where kids are crying there's too many there there's not enough eggs and i've gotten to the point where i said you know what what can i do so i never have to do another easter egg hunt again 
And so for me, well, what's better than breaking the world's largest Easter egg hunt for Guinness Book of World Records is my goal. 600,000 eggs is the record, is what I'm going to give. But here's the thing. I think the thing I love about kids' ministry is we're giving them memorable opportunities to understand the gospel in a fun way. Why not give them an experience that they can talk about for the rest of their lives? Mm. That they were there, that they were a part of it. And the one thing I love about Austin, well, there's a lot of things I love about Austin, but the one thing that I love about Austin, Texas, is the fact that if there's a big event, there's a community around it. Mm. We have a lot of big events in Austin, and there is always a community of people that come, and it's huge, and it's fun. I wanted to be able to give the city of Austin community and kids the opportunity to be a part of something that's going to be memorable, that's a record, mm. that's going to be something fun that they can participate in. And 10,000 of my closest friends are planning on being there. And amazing local businesses are sponsoring and supporting it. And through this process, we'll not only experience a record that they can have a T-shirt and a brochure to remember the wonderful day, but also that they will be identifying with the gospel mm. at the same time. And where else in the world will you be able to, to bring 10,000 kids together and be able to break a record and then talk about Jesus? Mm. So that's the goal, and that's what I want to do. And so I the want... record is not about the record. No, The no. record is a means to an end. The record of means— talking about Jesus. Exactly, exactly. And that's it. Isn't that a summary of the whole thing of yeah, why events are so key? That's a very good wrap-up. I love mm. that. That's a very, very good summary. Mitch, Chuck. thank you for being here. Dude, it's always a pleasure yeah. to hang with you and— have you share with us, and we can't wait to hear how the event goes. Yes. And if you break the record. Oh, it's not an if, know. it's a win. You March 24th, 2018, it's happening. Right on. Well, we'll look for it in the papers. Yeah, yes, or exactly. At least in your social media feed. Yes, sir. Nowhere else. <laughs> Man, thank you, Mitch. We Thanks so much, you. Chuck. Listeners, you. thank you for listening to the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. We are so honored to have you tune in, and we look forward to having you back again next time when we have another thought leader and interesting topics here on Kids Ministry 101.